Joshua chapter 5 verse 1 And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites that were beyond the Jordan westward and all the kings of the Canaanites that were by the sea heard how the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until they were passed over that their heart melted neither was their spirit in them any more because of the children of Israel they were terrified they had all of the cities to testify this from the city of Adam on the upstream part to the city of Arabah on the downstream part all of the cities were testified of what happened because they saw the water move. 2. And at that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make thee knives of flint, and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. Now remember, they were circumcised in the desert 40 years ago, but that generation never circumcised their children, so now their children need to be circumcised. And this represents having your heart circumcised, meaning that you are repenting of your sins and you're going to walk in faith and you're going to obey the laws of the Lord. 3. And Joshua made him knives of flint and circumcised the children of Israel at Gibeath Arela. I'm sure it was knives of flint because they didn't need to do any metal work to make them. They were capable of doing metal work, but making them out of flint would be a lot faster. And rock knives are extremely sharp and smooth, and they need something that's very sharp and smooth. Flint was a great idea. 4. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came forth out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way after they came forth out of Egypt. You have to be circumcised to fight the battle. And that's true as Christians. Our hearts need to be circumcised in order for us to be able to fight the battle against evil in our lives. And this next generation had never been circumcised, so they couldn't fight until they were. 5. For all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt had not been circumcised. 6. For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness, till all the nation, even the men of war that came forth out of Egypt, were consumed, meaning they died, because they hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord swore that he would not let them see the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers, that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. You know, the law had said that they were supposed to circumcise their sons on the eighth day, and the fact that all this new generation is not circumcised shows that their parents never obeyed that law. They didn't circumcise them on the eighth day like they were supposed to. A land flowing with milk and honey. 7. And he raised up their children in their stead. Them did Joshua circumcise, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not been circumcised by the way meaning on the day that they were supposed to be in the journey. 8. And it came to pass, when all the nations were circumcised, and that means all the tribes, every one of them, that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole, meaning to heal. Because they would be very sore having been circumcised as grown men. That would be very painful. So they needed several days to heal and get better. 9. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you, wherefore the name of that place was called Gilgal unto this day. Gilgal means circle of stones, and the stones that they put up were a testimony to the fact that they were now right with God. He says, You're no longer in trouble with me, because now you're obeying my laws. 10. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal, and they kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. They did the Passover in that month when they left Egypt, and now they have left the wilderness, and they're doing Passover again in the same month. This is pretty awesome, and it's definitely not a coincidence. Egypt represents sin, and the wilderness represents a time of testing. 
they left a life of sin and did the Passover. Now they've left their time of testing and did the Passover. Jesus also had a time of testing. They were in the wilderness for 40 years. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days before his ministry started, and he started casting out demons. They've been in the wilderness for 40 years, and now their ministry of casting out the pagans in Israel is now going to begin. Just like Jesus, Jesus also got baptized right before his ministry started. And they, in a sense, in a metaphorical sense, have been baptized by crossing through the river, even though they didn't touch water. 11. And they did eat of the produce of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. They had to eat the flat bread that was unleavened to represent no sin, their repenting of sin. And then they ate the corn that was in the land, the fruit of the land, the very next day after Passover. So they're already enjoying the fruit of the land. When you get saved, you're so happy, and you immediately start enjoying the fruit of this new life that God has given you. 12. And the manna ceased on the morrow, after they had eaten of the produce of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. God had already told them before that they would have manna until they entered Canaan, and then in Canaan they would eat the produce of Canaan, and this is exactly what happened. On the very day after the Passover that they entered Canaan, that was when the manna stopped falling from heaven, and they could now enjoy the wheat and the grains and the fruits that were in the land. Jesus is the manna that came from heaven, and he nourishes us. And then, after we're nourished, we spread the gospel and our fruit increases, meaning those in our spiritual family who are people getting saved that we're sharing the gospel with. 13. And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? This is an angel. And Joshua is saying, Are you going to fight for us or are you going to fight for the pagans? 14. And he said, Nay, but I am captain of the host of the Lord. I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Joshua didn't know that this guy was an angel until the angel told him. He thought he was just a man. And he said, Who are you going to fight for? Because obviously this man must have looked really buff and like a great warrior. So he's like, we want you on our side. But then the guy said, I am an angel. I'm from the host of the Lord. And so then Joshua fell on his face and said, what does the Lord have to tell me? And he fell on his face in reverence and holy fear. 15. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Put off thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now remember, when Moses met God on Mount Sinai at the burning bush, God told him, You are on holy ground. You need to take your shoes off. And now Joshua is being told the same thing in the presence of this angel, who is now going to speak the words of the Lord. And that concludes Joshua chapter 5. In the next chapter, I think we're going to find out what the angel says, what message he has from the Lord for Joshua.